Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Friday morning to each and every one of you. The weekend is nearly upon us. For many of you, it began last night. Casey McAllister, Paul Fritzner, although Casey, you told me you stayed home instead of going out. So you might be hitting the bars last night. You didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it because, you know, just wanted to not make a fool of myself if something went terribly wrong. He got too nervous. I chickened out of the bar scene. I got a little, a little nervous. I chickened out. So, all right. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a to high noon Eastern time. You can follow us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. Occasionally, we do stream on Facebook. Yay or nay today? Nay. All right. You can find us in podcast form. Just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. We're going to the tank. And you're dialed in. <laughs> well, when you pick 28th in the draft, it feels like the pick is never going to arrive. Am I lying about that? I mean, it's a late night to sit there and stare at the TV waiting for your favorite team and who they're going to take. But we waited and we waited and we waited. Paul, you stayed up? I stayed up, Tom. I know I, Casey stayed up. I, I stayed, stayed up. up. Even through the Cowboys. Marketing machine. They had to milk every last second to make that pick a couple of spots in front of the Bengals. Well, by the time we got there, oh, oh boy, all the drama was there, right? Video of Michael Mayer and his family right across the river in Independence, Kentucky, no doubt anticipating that his childhood dream of playing for the Bengals was about to come true. It was right there, but it was not him. In fact, Mayer wasn't taken in the first round at all. Might the Bengals trade up to get him tonight? They need a tight end. We'll see. Instead, Cincinnati's pick was Clemson defensive end Miles Murphy. Just looking at the franchise's history, you figured a D lineman or a cornerback would be the pick and not a tight end. The Bengals need the help. Last year, they recorded a sack just 5% of opponents dropped backs last season, the fourth lowest in the National Football League. Will Murphy help? He had 18 sacks over his last three years at Clemson, and the Bengals need those kinds of numbers starting this season. We'll be joined by Don Munson here momentarily, longtime legendary voice of the Clemson Tigers to talk more about Mr. Murphy. The beat goes on tonight and tomorrow night, six more rounds of the draft. Jay Morrison from The Athletic will join us at 1130 to discuss Murphy a little bit and what the team might do in rounds two and three. Bryce Young, the first pick overall. Ohio State star C.J. Stroud goes number two to Houston. And then the Texans traded for the number three pick right behind Stroud. Got Alabama defensive star lineman Will Anderson Jr. will play linebacker for them. Three Buckeyes go in the first round, including Princeton High School's very own Paris Johnson Jr. to Arizona in the sixth pick. Jackson Smith and Jigba, that's his real name, Smith and Jigba. More on that a little bit later on. He's a late first round pick by Seattle. Oh, the power of social media. All of you young people, you bathe yourselves and clothe yourselves into the gospel of social media. Well, don't sell that idea to Will Levis. Wasn't it two days ago 
where everyone was talking about Stroud in this test and some post on something called Reddit, Reddit, that Levis was going to be the top pick in the draft. Betting platforms were shut down all over the world, including Betfred. Shut her down. As Chris Peelman likes to say, shut her down. TSA at Newark. Shut her down. On Thanksgiving weekend. The UK quarterback wasn't selected at all in the first round, and we're not making light of that. Levis and his family handled the constant attention with grace and class last night, but you knew that kid was hurting inside. His name will be called early tonight, we assume. The biggest story, though, in the NFL wasn't the draft, believe it or not. It was the signing of Lamar Jackson. The former league MVP becomes the highest paid player in football. Five-year, $260 million contract with $185 million of that guaranteed. Don't look now, boys and girls. Baltimore is loading up. Mm. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. They bring in Nelson Aguilar. They draft the BC Speedster Flowers in the first round. You throw in their big-time tight end. You go with J.K. Dobbins in the backfield. All of a sudden, that offense is scary. And remember, the Bengals, it took a miracle play to beat them in the playoffs last year. In baseball, Reds open a three-game weekend series tonight in Oakland. First pitch at 940. Is Pittsburgh for real? Or is this just a uh, April rainbow? The Pirates beat the Dodgers for the second straight night last night and own the best record in the National League, 18-8. and eight. In basketball, Boston closes out its series in Atlanta, advancing on to round two. Golden State, one of two big ones tonight, will host Sacramento with a chance to win that series. And the L.A. Lakers host a two-seed Memphis Grizzlies with a chance to win that series. Both home teams tonight clearly do not want to go on the road for a decisive Game 7. Tomorrow, Game 1, Phoenix at top seed Denver. That starts the second round. And then on Sunday over in the East, the Miami Heat will play in Madison Square Garden to face the Knicks. Huge match for FC Cincinnati on Saturday night. They'll be in New England. Top two teams in the MLS. FC's radio voice, Tommy G. How do you pronounce his last name? Galerder. Galerder. Yep. All right. Tommy G, kind enough to join us. That's at 11.15 for a preview of that one. Don Munson coming up in a matter of minutes. Let me know, uh, Casey, when he's ready to go. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of ground here today. Uh, after we talk to Don Munson about Miles Murphy, we're going to you know, go back and look at where our picks were in that first round. We said they might be you know, subject to some maneuvering with trades. That happened with a third pick in the draft. Um, these two guys were right about the number one pick. I thought Stroud would be the number one pick. Uh, he was number two. Uh, we'll also talk about some of the storylines last night. We'll get to that in a minute. But on very short notice, legendary voice of the Clemson Tigers. He's doing baseball in Boston right now, Don Munson. How are you, young man? You got your Clemson button down on there, looking good, bright and early. <laughs> hey, Tom, it's a solid orange Friday here, even in Boston. So we're, we're all ready to go. Doubleheader ahead of us, but looking forward to it. Appreciate you having me on. 
this is a thrill for me to be able to talk with you. Well, I really, really appreciate it. You know, I have some really good friends down there in Clemson, uh, down there in your area, and uh, the Maloneys, I don't know if you know them, one of their sons plays for the Clemson football team, was a walk-on. He's been a high school coach here for a long time. We come down to visit from time to time. Beautiful, beautiful campus. Um, tell us about Miles Murphy, Don. Miles is a guy that uh, basically from the time that he stepped foot on campus at Clemson was a guy that this the moment last night was what he was focused on, uh, was becoming a, a player in the National Football League and being a first-round draft pick in the National Football League. And I think Cincinnati got themselves an absolute gem. I mean, I really do. He's a guy that knows how to set the edge. Maybe he didn't have the biggest sack numbers uh, in the college game, but I think in the pro game, those numbers can go up significantly. Um, well, well, let's talk about him, first of all, uh, his strengths. I mean, I can sit there and watch, you know, three, four, five minutes of his highlight reel. And, I mean, you and I look great on a highlight reel, right? You do. I don't. But, I mean, we can sit there and watch him. When you, when you just zero in on his strengths, they would be what? Uh, I think one would be physical strength. Uh, he is a tremendously strong young man. Speed uh, is going to be something else uh, that he brings to the table. And that, you know, so you're talking about strength and speed, and that the word athleticism certainly comes to mind. But he also is a guy that he knows how to play his position. I mean, he knows he knows what is expected of him at at defensive end. You know, Coach Sweeney always uses a phrase, hey, you just do your job. You're part of 11 pieces that are on the field. So you do your job. Don't try to do somebody else's. Don't let somebody else do your job. And Miles is a guy that when he's going to be coached up, and he's going to get coached up by Marion Hobby now, uh, a defensive lineman uh, coach there at, at Cincinnati, one of the best that there is. Marion's going to take great care of him and is going to teach this young man even some more just basic fundamentals uh, of the game. He's fundamentally sound uh, is Miles, but he also has that ability to just at times just make the wow play. And as a defensive end, you only have to make the wow play three, four, five times a game, and you are considered among the elite. Well, there's no doubt about that. Okay, things he probably would need to work on. The coaching would probably look at him and they'd say, okay, these are a couple of areas and all of us have them. We can get better in, in, in this and this and this and this. He probably uh, needs to get better where? His strength is rushing the passer. He handles the run game pretty well. Where, where would he need to get better? I would say that probably maybe he gets, uh, needs to get better a little bit using his hands a little bit better, which is very teachable and very coachable. But, you know, Miles is a guy that at times has just depended upon his strength, depended upon his athleticism to get by uh, a left tackle or a right tackle, wherever they're going to they're gonna line him up. But I, I would say that, you know, the art of using your hands, I think, is something that is maybe a little bit lost uh, to most people. But he needs to get a little bit more heavy-handed, use, use that leverage uh, for them to get by. But uh, again, I think that his best football is still way ahead of Miles Murphy. You know, you really can't draw conclusions. I like to try and do it. I'm always fascinated uh, by uh, where the kids are uh, during the draft. You know, they, they, they send the quote-unquote big, big, big guys to New York and all that kind of thing. And, and, and then you'll see some other kids that make the decision to be at home with their families. And, and, and I got to tell you, there was something that I found um, – 
really, really positive in just watching him for that short amount of time with his family at home when he got drafted. What's he like as a kid? He's a tremendous, just a tremendous person. That's, that's the other thing that Cincinnati is going to get in this young man. They're going to get a young man now that knows what life is about, right? Even though he's pretty young, but he's going to represent the program. He's going to represent the city. He's going to represent in the greatest way possible. I mean, he's, he's just that, he's that solid of, a, of an individual. He's not going to get into trouble. I, I will be absolutely shocked if something negative comes out about Miles Murphy off the field. That's just not going to happen with Miles. So I think that's first and foremost. And I think that's important in the National Football League, particularly in this day and time. He's not a guy that's big on social media. He doesn't, you know, go around and flaunt that uh, a ton. He just wants to go out, be Miles Murphy, and he will do some significant things for the community as he starts to work his way through his, his career. He'll be very active in the community uh, in some way, shape, or form. And I always think that's a big, big plus for there. any NFL team. There, there is no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, obviously, this kid was a five-star recruit coming out of high school in right. Georgia, and, and you guys found a way to get him. I, I mean, I'm guessing I didn't follow him at the time. I'm guessing he could have gone anywhere he wanted to, right? Oh, yeah. He could have gone, gone anywhere that, that he wanted to. And actually, it was, it was kind of interesting. When we were recruiting him, was at the same time that Cleveland Furl was finishing up his career at Clemson. Of course, Cleveland was part of, uh, the 18 national championship team ended up being the fourth overall pick by the Raiders in the draft uh, that year. So it kind of, Clee was, was kind of a, a bit of his recruiting uh, process as well and was kind of and that kind of, all right, Miles saw, all right, here's a defensive end from Clemson going number four in the draft. That's something that, you know, I want to do is be a first-round pick. So that helped uh, getting Cleveland, um, getting Miles Murphy to Clemson. Um, I don't want to let you get out of here without talking a little bit about the Clemson program right now. I mean, it's been one of the three, four, five best in the country, multiple national championships, all that kind of thing. Last two years have not been to the college football playoff. What is the state of Clemson football right now? Well, you know, if you listen to William Christopher Sweeney, uh, he'll tell you that the program has <laughs> never been in a better situation. And I love it. I mean, and I understand, you know, I'm dressed in orange. I see things through orange colored glasses. I, yeah. uh, I've seen, uh, you know, I am, I am definitely all in uh, with Dabo. There's, there's no part, no part of me that, that is not. So I'm going to believe in that because he hasn't been wrong. You know, Tom, I will take you all the way back. 2010, Clemson goes to the Meineke Car Care Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina, 6-6 six and six team, and they lose to Skip Holtz and South Florida. And so this is now the second full year that, that Dabo has been the head coach. He took over midway through the 08 uh, season. But he walked right into that press conference, even after that, and he looked at the press score and he said, guys, listen, I realize this season did not end the way that we thought that it was going to end. But he said, what I have seen from this team and this program makes me believe that we are about to head off on the greatest decade in Clemson football history. That's saying a lot. And then he went out, now, raise your hand if you thought that that was true <laughs> at that time. There weren't many people that raised their hand, but he believed it. And he made it come to fruition. He's not afraid to make the tough choices when there has to be a staff change. He's not afraid to make those decisions. He did it this year, uh, firing, firing an offensive coordinator that was a Clemson guy and Brandon Streeter and bringing in, obviously, Garrett Riley now as, as the new offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. 
but he's a guy that he wants to be the best of the best. Best is the standard uh, at Clemson, and there's no doubt that he are going through. He calls it the Roaring Twenties. What we're about to go through, <laughs> and he says it's going to be better. He says it's going to be better than the decade before, and I'm not going to doubt the man. I'm just not going to sit here and doubt him. I got it. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I've shared this story before. I've only seen him one time in my life. And we were at a vacation place where I guess he goes regularly down in Florida. We were down there visiting some friends. And they right. have one full court basketball court outside on this little island. And our son and a couple of buddies of his went over there to play basketball. He comes walking back. He says, Dad, you're not going to believe who's over there in the basketball court. I said, who's that? He says, Dabo. I said, yep. you're kidding, right? So I walk over there, and my son, and I'm just kind of standing, you know, 30, 40 yards away. And, I mean, it's not 10 minutes later. He's got all these kids rounded up, coaching them up, yep. you know, divvying up teams and getting them to play and play hard. And I thought to myself, man, how cool is that? I'd send my kid to play for that guy any day of the week. Well, I would too. Uh, if I had a son – uh, they could go play for him. Believe me, I I would do that absolute same thing. And he's not, you know, he coached he coached little league uh, in Clemson while his boys were coming up. Now they've all aged out, but he did that for almost 10, 12 years. Uh, he was the, you know, so he was the head coach. He was also the third base coach. So you can imagine how aggressive he was. And they were winning. <laughs> they won stuff. I mean, it wasn't like they were they were showing up and being like a five and seven team or something. No, 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 no. They were, you know, like twelve and zero, eleven and one. Uh, so there was there was purpose even there. Uh, he is he's a guy when you walk into the facility at Clemson, it is all based around one. It's based around education because you walk right in and the Paul journey, what we call Paul journey, which is all about the academic side of the athlete is right in. The, you come in the building, it's right the first thing you see there to the right hand side. But then as you walk through the building, Tom, it's all about competition. And everything is designed around competition. He wants his guys at all times uh, to be doing that within our within our facility. And then, you know, when on game day, all he asks them is, hey, listen, I just want you to go out there, give me whatever your best is today that you can give me, give me your best. When you walk off that field today afterwards, if you say that you can have you given me your best, I don't care what the scoreboard says, then I can live with that. But if you don't, I'll hold you accountable. Uh, and I think that's another big thing is particularly with young kids today, I think they want to be held accountable. I don't know that we do that very much in our society yep. uh, anymore. We we kind of we kind of you know coddle them a little bit. Kids want accountability. They want discipline, and I think that's another big selling point for for Clemson football, no doubt about it. Well, we can't thank you enough for your time. I know you're really busy today, Don. You got a doubleheader coming up today there at uh, Boston College. Thank you so very much on such short notice for taking time out of your morning. Tom, I can't leave without telling you this. I'm an App State grad, okay? Appalachian yep. State grad. Yep. I watch your broadcast of Michigan App State every summer. My wife and I get together. We watch it every summer. We love some Tom Brenneman <laughs> in the Munson household, baby. <laughs> I want you to come see us. I want you to come visit us in Clemson. You got my phone number now. Yep. I expect a call. You can come to any game you want to. November well, 4th, we're playing Notre Dame. You want to be there? you got a seat, baby. We would love to have you come and see us in Clemson. We can show you what Tiger Town is all about. Believe me, you're going to love it even more. Well, Don, I really appreciate that very much. And, uh, and the best of luck today. And uh, we'll check back with you uh, when we get closer to football season to start talking about the Clemson Tigers. That'd be great. Appreciate it. Let me spread a little gospel of the Clemson Tigers. Go Amen. Tigers. Amen. Amen. All righty. Well, I mean, you had Jackson uh, Carmen down there.
he's a Cincinnati kid, right? Yeah. yeah. You had him down there, so they're already, you know, I mean, they, they, they're recruiting up here. Clemson recruits everywhere. They're like Ohio State and Alabama Georgia. Everywhere they go. Big time. Big time program. Let's go. How Half about state. that? <laughs> you know, I don't even know if he was in yet to hear that. Yeah, that's our intro today. That play. App State. Love it. All right, fellas. Um, Casey, we're going to get um, we're going to get uh, Reed in here in a few minutes. We're going to take a break so he can get settled in, make sure we're all situated. Yep. All right? We got a lot to talk about, starting with Mr. Murphy. Uh, so basically, from now until when's Tommy G coming on? 11-15. Basically, until 11-15, uh, we're talking about the Bengals pick last night. We're going to go through our top 10 that we thought might happen, how it would shake out. Uh, then we're going to get into players that might be available uh, for rounds two and three for the Bengals. Who would we pick if we were the Bengals? If, if those, you know, three of those names were still hanging around. Positional needs at this point. Uh, you still have Mixon and two other guys that, 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 that Casey's the only guy on the planet that gets excited about Williams and Evans. But, um, you know, is running back there, tight end, had a chance for Mayer last night. Would they trade up today to get him? Right? They only have Irv Smith in there. I mean, yeah, Sample, your guy Sample's in there. Ugh. Uh, and <laughs> that's not nice. I'm about to not be nice at all in a little while. When it comes to something that got so far up under my skin last night, I can't see straight. But we have other things to talk about before <laughs> that. Ham and Eggers, here we go. Draft it. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. There's also a new premium alkaline water, and it is Pani. Tastes fantastic. Made in Hamilton, Ohio, right here across the street from our office, Pani uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. Visit their website at pawneywater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF, bet with Bedfred, Drink Pawnee water and get your technology solutions from Encore.tech. What has Tom upset is truly the pinnacle of what would make Tom upset, and I can't wait for him to share it with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also excited for him to share. Uh, I can't wait to see what his take is because I know what it is. He, he came in today very upset about it, and I can't wait to see what, uh, what his take is. But we do have the picks and everything that we are going to give for the next two rounds for the Bengals, second and third, pick number 60 and pick number 92. Um, Casey, is there anything? Oh, make sure that you like the stream. Go click that like button if you haven't already. We have 29 likes on the stream right now. Make sure you go click that like button. If you want 
to subscribe to this show on a podcast. I know the stream started late. We were already broadcasting, but the stream connecting to YouTube kind of lagged a little bit. So you hopped in in the first two or three minutes of the show. If you want to go back and catch the very, very beginning of the show, you can do that in podcast form. Just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman on all the podcast platforms. Also, any other Chatterbox show is on there as well. Chatterbox Reds, all of them. Box Lunch, they're all there. Leave a rating and a review and uh, just search all those podcasts. Make sure you download and subscribe. Um, Sir Boy Wonder, how many buds did Paul drink when the Bengals didn't pick Mike Mayer? I actually loved, we said it on the show, plus 1,100 for a a defensive lineman to be picked. Nobody bet it, but... Or at least I didn't bet it. But the value was there. I thought it was the right position, right pick. Was disappointed not to get the hometown guy, though. All right. Uh, I know. I mean, it It was It was truly just a case. And this is what I said when we had that, that famous clip of us. The arguing. RAS score. It's the RAS score. They're just not going to take a guy that, one, is not just a freak athlete at 28 for the tight end position. Like they're not going to get an average. He's not average. That's not the right word, but he's not, he's not your, uh, he doesn't check all the boxes, right. For you to even make that pick there. And clearly all the other teams thought the same way. So they were in the right by not picking him. And now that he's in the second trade up, they could potentially trade up. I could see that, but I don't, I wouldn't do that. I would just let a tight end fall to you. I mean, you've got pretty much all the tight ends available to you now, which is, you know. Tom, how did Zim's show go last night? Zim's show was fantastic. He had a bunch of uh, people on there, some of whom I knew, some that I did. I was only on there about, I don't know, 15 minutes or something, but it was great. Um, Lively conversation. Someone noted in the chat, said it was a good thing I got off when I did because things got loose. Things got loose. Zim made a prediction last night when the Atlanta Falcons were on the clock. He says they're taking Robinson, the running back. No one saw that coming with the eighth pick in the draft, except for Zim Hudek. And he said he was going to drink two shots of whatever it was he was drinking uh, if it was Robinson. (laughs) Next thing you know, pow, pow, down it goes. He was spot on. It was fun, though. Really appreciate those guys having me on. And um, some dude is a rapper named Santiago De Leon. You know that number? You know that name? No. No. Big time Bengals fan. Really cool guy. Um, really cool guy. Enjoyed having, um, yeah, like uh, Ohio Lakers 513 says that dude was on point. Okay, fellas, let's start with your impressions. Maybe you were talking about it when I was gone. You yeah. feel good about Casey, we were worried about you on the ledge last night. Reed Mouse, welcome to the program. Great Tom, to have you hey. back. How's it going? Always a pleasure. Um, all right, each of you, you, you felt good about that or no? I'm I so a lot like what Reed said yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. You got to give a lot of kudos to Reed here. No doubt about he, it. He, he picked Murphy. It. He, he was, was on spot, it. He was spot I on. Caught it. He was spot He's on a man. with their spot. I mean, they were. What was crazy was it wasn't even just the fact that they got Miles Murphy, which I didn't expect Miles Murphy to be there. It was going to be a long shot, right? But the fact that he was there, that's great. It was what they said afterwards was they were going to pick another edge rusher if Miles Murphy wasn't there. So they were clearly 
wanting to fix this this pass rush, whether we wanted that to be the pick or not. I mean, they saw it as a huge need. You look at the stats. They were 28th in sacks. They were not that great in, in pass rush last year. When their guys got hurt, they the production dipped significantly. This adds a level of depth that they desperately needed. And it also is a plan for the future for when you can't necessarily pay Sam Hubbard the third contract or Trey Hendrickson that third contract. They're going to be older. They've been used a lot in our system. I mean, they've gotten a lot of snaps and played through a lot of injuries. So it made a lot of sense. I give it a B, B plus. There's a lot of upside with him too. The reason why people don't like him is because he's got all these athletic traits and couldn't put put it together in Clemson. He had one move, one or two moves. A lot of it was just using his power. He didn't use his speed, his agility to, you know, create spin moves or, you know, to, to get inside a lot. Um, but overall, if you look at it from a perspective that this guy can develop into something better than what he is right now, and he's not forced to play. He's only he's, 21. He, yeah, he's 21. He's not forced to start right away. He can learn behind one of our better defensive ends like Trey Hendrickson. He can learn a lot from Sam Hubbard. I'll, I like the pick overall. I do. I give it an A-. minus. Paul? Give, it, give it higher. Okay. Uh, I love the position that they picked. I mean, again, we talked a lot about it. I have been extremely high on picking an edge rusher or picking somebody that can get to the quarterback. Uh, to be completely honest, didn't know a whole lot about this guy that they were picking outside of what Reed well, yeah. gave out on his expert analysis yesterday. So I had to do a little digging on him last night, and I got the consensus that a lot of people were surprised that he was even still there at 28, which I don't know if is a question mark that we should be concerned about or not, but Bengals got him. And I liked it. So I'll give it a B plus. Okay. Reed, you were the guy that thought he was going to be there. You picked him. You said that's who they're taking, and you are on your game. I used to say on the show that I thought your burner account was, um, you know, the player formerly known as Mouse Cop um, when others were singing your praises here in the chat, including Sir Boy Wonder. The player formerly known as Mouse Cop said Reed is a bum. <laughs> Me and Mouse Cop don't get along. We don't get along a whole lot. It's mostly because of my, my Reds takes. But, yeah, not my burner. I do have a burner, Tom. Do you, you have any hints on uh, – any guesses on who my burner is or just – In the chat? Yeah, I have a burner that comes in the chat. No? I'd, no? Have, to, I'd have to start exploring around right. a little bit. But as for uh, the Bengals pick, yeah, like Paul said – Edge rusher was something that the Bengals needed. Whether you guys realized it or not, they just didn't get to they didn't pressure the quarterback a whole lot last season. And this is something that the Bengals have shown us in previous seasons that they are drafting for the future, not a need at this very moment, but what could be a need in a year or two. So they get a guy that just a couple months ago was some people were saying in the top 10, certainly a top 15 draft pick. And yeah, there's some questions, why is he dropping so far? Why is he dropping so far? The main key is that the talent is there. The size is there. The talent's there. He's going to develop into a nice edge rusher and doesn't have to play right away. Doesn't have to produce right away. But I think it's just a beautiful pick. If we're giving out grades like you guys gave, you said A-. Um, 
Casey said B plus. I'm I'm closer to the B plus. I will give myself an A plus for calling it. Though. No yeah. doubt, Good you job, get A plus all the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, I, I like. And you even look at the board, right? At the time, Miles Murphy was definitely at the top of their board. Like that's yeah. He was they couldn't clear, believe he was there. Yeah, he couldn't believe they were they, that he was there. He was garnering top five, top ten picks two months ago. So he's definitely worthy of a first round pick. I mean, the dude was about to fall out of the the first round altogether. So I mean, good job Bengals. I think they did a good job. The one thing I do want to say because we were watching the sh- the 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 draft show on ESPN and. They did a whole expo, like you said, on uh, before the show on Michael Mayer, and I thought for sure I was going to be sending a text to Paul. Oh, they got, I had they the got your guy. They got your guy, Paul. I had the drafts ready. I was oh god, I had all the content ready, and then it just it sat there, untweeted. Yeah, I mean it. Just that stuff's the hard score. to watch, man. Yeah. You know, it really is hard to watch because yeah. at the end of the day, I know these are mammoth human beings and they've had their educations paid for. Mm-hmm. Levis and Mayer, the two guys in particular I'm talking about, there were others who thought they were going in the first round, but those were the two that by far got the most TV time, right? Yeah. And, you know, you're sitting there and, and I mean, I, I was sitting there, my son Luke and I were sitting there watching and I just kept thinking to myself, man, if I was sitting here and they kept putting me and our son and, you know, and, and my wife and, you know, rest of family members on TV and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and here's this dream and you think it's going to happen that day. You're nervous all day. Doesn't start till eight o'clock at night. You're still sitting there at 1130 and then it doesn't happen. I mean, you know, do you feel terrible for him at the end of the day? No, there are a lot of people that are in, you know, nowhere close to this kind of position because these guys are going to be millionaires uh, by the end of the night tonight even a second-round picks. But you do have to have a little compassion for him, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, you want to just get into the Will Levis thing right now then? We might as well. Well, I'm going to start on the social media part of this because you guys are the ones that are all wrapped up in it. I want to know one day when this story comes out, what's the story? Because clearly this person on Reddit just like the cowards on Twitter, 90-something percent, they're fake accounts, people don't use their real names, right? No, no, don't want to do that. I want to have my voice. I want to be heard, but I'm not going to put my name out there. No guts. None. So whoever this person is on Reddit, do we even have a, a fake name for whoever this person was? I, the post got deleted. So. All right. It, it, whoever it was, wherever they got it from, are we ever going to find out? Was this something inside the Panthers organization? Was this something from the Levis camp of people? Was this something from his agent? Whatever it might be. Think about all of the, the, the chaos from that one social media post that would not put their name on it. Think of what we did as a society in putting stock, a society of sports fans, as multi-billion dollar gambling websites. Think of the effect that one total BS Reddit post without a name 
created in sports. I mean, these are multi-billion dollar gambling companies that stop taking bets off of a post from an anonymous source on Reddit. And the kid doesn't even get drafted in the first round. Those are your people. <laughs> My people? Your people. I mean, it's probably just some dude who was trolling, getting, getting his kicks out of it, and put a post up there, and didn't happen. It's probably, I mean, that, that's quite honestly exactly what happened, I bet. Yeah, I mean, I, let's be real here. Film is always king. You should always trust what you see on film, and it wasn't great. And uh, you shouldn't have bought into the, the hype on just a Reddit post. I, I will admit that. I, I did buy into it a little bit. But I thought there was something more to it because the sports books were closing those bets down. They, they, I think those are pretty good sources, if anything, to gauge whether something's true or not. But the fact that... <laughs> The fact that they probably, just like you said, Tom, took one look at that post and was just like, oh, no, here come all these bets. I better shut this down. This has some legitimacy to it. I mean, where is their accountability? I don't know. Seriously. You're messing with people's money here. Where's their accountability? I think it's more so like if you're – if you're really going to fall for a Reddit post, like I would never see a right, post on Reddit like that and think, oh, I got to put a bet in. But yeah. a lot of people don't put two and two together and people do. <laughs> and then the sports books create so much liability for themselves that they have to lower the odds just because they're taking so many bets on it. I, I will say it was posted on the biggest sports betting subreddit forum that there is. So if it got trapped, like I saw the post. I, I, I'm a member of that page. I saw the post, and it wasn't crazy viral. It, if anybody knows Reddit, it only had like 170 likes. It's, but it had to be viral enough. I mean, you're. I mean, you look at that stuff. I mean, but but it had to have an enormous impact somewhere. Yeah. For all of these betting websites, international betting websites. Right, And the crazy thing was that it didn't even have anything linked to it. It was just the headline. Because a lot of times on a Reddit post, it'll write the headline and then there will be an article linked or there will be a, a longer description in the post or whatever it might be. This post just had the headline that said, I'm hearing from the Panthers or whoever or Levis's camp, however it was phrased, that Will Levis is going to go number one overall. He didn't get picked. They deleted the post. So be it. Now here we sit. Okay. All right. Well, he's going to get drafted today, and good luck to him in the whole nine yards. Do you guys want to get into uh, our picks from yeah, yesterday? We can do that. All right. Casey, put them up. We all did top ten. We said it was subject to change because of uh, potential trades. So this was mine. I had Stroud one. I still stand by that, even though he wasn't. He was two. Again, another example. Um, whoever the person is, again, you ask yourself the question, I don't want to go off on too many tangents here, but I, I thought a lot about this this morning driving into work. Whoever the person is that leaked it to the media about what C.J. Stroud did on this test score, if it's true or untrue, the person, if it's found out, should be fired. It's cruel. 
It's mean. It's going out of your way to try to embarrass a young person. Out of control. If they ever hunt them down, fire their ass on the spot. It's downright mean and cruel. Obviously, a lot of smart football people decided we'll take Stroud. I had Levis going early. I bought into it. I bought into it. I thought he was going to get taken early. I thought Tennessee was going to trade up to get him because they needed a quarterback. Richardson does go to Indy. Yeah, that was, right? a, that was a good pick, Tom. I thought Carter, I mean, I obviously his stuff off the field had to have some effect on him, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, he, he dropped out of the top, almost dropped out of the top 10, right? Right, okay, and then flip it on over. Boy, boy by how fair is that Philadelphia getting that dude? Oh, God. Right? All right, Anderson ends up going three instead of six. Wilson was top 10, right? Yeah, he went to the, the Raiders, just like you predicted. Well, really? I was yeah. right on that? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't know if anybody <laughs> saw. I didn't know that. I mean, I'm not being facetious here. Um, Chicago had a chance to take Skaronsky. They didn't. No, they went and got Darnell Wright. I, yeah. I kind of, not, not to say I was right, but I just knew that there was some sort of issue there with the size that – Darnell Wright is the more t prototypical tackle. He was the second tackle taken, right? Because yeah, Paris, Paris Johnson, Johnson Jr., yeah. which yeah. was your number one tackle, went to the, the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, P Skaronsky, and they even labeled him on the ESPN uh, ticker as a guard. So they, the, yeah. the team that ended up taking him, um, can't remember off the top of my head. They, Titans. The Titans yep. ended up picking him as a guard, not a tackle, which yep. I think is, you know, I think he can do really well at guard, bulks up some more. But I'm not shocked about the Darnell Wright thing because he's prototypical size, strength. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the one the one kid, uh, Witherspoon, I, you know, I mean, I had him as my first defensive back taken in the draft, and he was, but I didn't think top five, man. And what was he? where did he end up? Six, seven? He, he was at five I for mean, five. Seattle. Yep. Yeah. I mean. He's the real deal, he, man. Uh, you watch more of that video of that dude, man. All right, let's see yours. Yeah, so uh, let's let's go over mine. I did not do very well. <laughs> um, but, you know, so it goes. Bryce Young, obviously. Uh, I got that one. And I was somewhat right about the Texans because if we would have done to 15, I would have picked the Texans to pick C.J. Stroud. At 12. So, Will Anderson ends up being a Texan anyways. So, I guess that's somewhat right. Jalen Carter falling. I mean, I, he is truly one of the best players in this draft. And for the Eagles to get him at nine, oh boy. Uh, that's just completely unfair. Nolan Smith dropping. It's just the size issue, man. It's not the talent. But anyways, we just keep moving on. I was surprised the Lions did not take a corner at six. Um, I guess they were probably going to take Witherspoon, but the Seattle Seahawks scooped him up before they could make their pick. That's why they probably traded back. Um, I was really surprised about Tyree Wilson going to the Raiders just because I thought they had Chandler Jones and Max Crosby already. But, hey, more edge rushers. Can't can't go wrong with that. Um the biggest surprise to me out of the top 10 was P. John Robinson going to the Atlanta Falcons. That, that was a surprise yep. to me. 
especially when they were already pretty solid there at running back. Uh, Algier had a really great season last year as a rookie. Um, but, man, I, I guess B. John Robinson's really going to add that, that extra oomph to that team that just loves to run the football. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, the Eagles getting Jalen Carter, I mean, that's just unfair. They got Jalen Davis and Jalen Carter. Fletcher Cox still hanging around. And they also solid player. They also got uh, Nolan Smith. Noel. I mean that Noel Smith. And <laughs> they Noel. they they are literally. Uh, Traits messaged us in the group chat the other day, or not the other day, just yesterday. They are the Philadelphia Bulldogs. Mm. They are. They're just the Georgia defense, pretty much. So. That was my takeaway from the top 10. All right. Let, let's get into Reed's. Reed? Sure. Sing it away. So I was of the mind that there were going to be four quarterbacks taken in the first four picks. Obviously, Will Levis did not get taken. Bryce Young going first overall. I'm glad none of us fell into that trap, that Reddit trap, that Will Levis was going to go first. But Bryce Young goes first overall. Um, I had Levis going to the Texan. Obviously, he fell out of the first round. Um, Stroud obviously then went second. Uh, Richardson to the Colts had that right away. I had Will Anderson being the first. Yeah, you did. You had him up there. Had him as the first uh, defensive player taken, so I, I was right there. Go ahead and switch it over to the 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Jalen Carter obviously was, was too high on him. He falls to number 9. I had Paris Johnson being the second tackle taken overall. He obviously went in the top 10. Uh, Devin Witherspoon was a little lower on him. Surprised that he got taken up by the Seahawks at number five. Um, Tyree Wilson was one pick off. Had him going. Well, I had him going to the Raiders as well. Look at us, Tom. We had Anderson or Richardson and Tyree Wilson going to the same slot, same teams. How about that? We're just well. I, hey, man, I'm following your lead. You picked. You picked the 28th pick. That's right. I mean, it's one thing to pick the first or second or fifth or ninth. <laughs> 28. That's big league. All right, Paulie. All right. We we're doing a lot of research on this. Big time. All right. <laughs> Dial in. Dialed in. Well, I, I went three for three at the top. Will Anderson obviously went to the Texans, but I did get the top three. I thought Levis would be the quarterback for Indianapolis instead of Anthony Richardson. And then, you know, Tom, the wheels just fell off from there. I went three for three. I started hot. And then things just kind of devolved out of there. I think that was those were the only three I got, well, you right? You got Witherspoon up there. I mean, so you go three. Well, three no, no, no. Wither you got Witherspoon, his first DB taken. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Could have had him at five, though, and gotten it right. You had Skoronsky expect... as a top ten pick. Yeah. I don't Nola know. Nola Smith. Nola Smith, that's right. <laughs> Nola Smith wasn't. Yeah, you're right. So I guess I had some of those guys you up there. You did very well, Paul. Did all right. You did no, I mean it. You did really well. All right. I'll take it. I expect better out of myself, but I did all right. You did great, BLP. There we go. BLP. Thanks, Big bro. League Paul. <laughs> I, need, I need Paul to be better. I, 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 thank you, Reed. I, I, I think Paul, thank you, Paul Reed. stunk. Thank you, Reed. I don't know how in the world you think he stinks when you nailed one, two, and three, and one. three being Will Anderson. That's Big League. Big time. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, now we move. Go ahead. Before we move to tonight, right? Yes. You have one more take that you had that you wanted to talk about before we move to tonight. You have one thing that you had to get off your chest about last night, right? Well, I have a couple things that I, that, that, that hit me last night. Um, maybe, maybe something that 
had to had to do with a wide receiver taking twentieth to the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, now now listen. Before I go into this, I don't want anyone at all. I am a father. Okay, uh, many of you are fathers. Some of you are not. I'm the only father in this room. It's you can't explain to any of these three guys. You can have a nephew or a niece or a brother or sister, whatever it might be. It's impossible to love anything in the world more than you love your kids. And, and then you come to find out once you have kids that you just love kids. Okay. And, and you get around your kids, friends and, you know, and, and how impressionable they are and, and, and how vulnerable they are and, and how dependent they are on us and all that kind of thing. So before I go any further, I don't want anybody thinking here that I'm beating up a kid. This is more a shot at the National Football League. So for those that weren't watching last night, I am all about the kid was off the charts. Did you see the Jets kid? Yeah, he was great. He's great. Unbelievable. Make-A-Wish Foundation kid overcame cancer. He gets up there and he's doing J-E-T-S. He's not reading off cards. He was freaking unbelievable when he made their pickup there. Right? Yeah. I mean, now that is everything right that you can do in this draft. Everything you can do right. Later in the draft, we decide, we the league, we're going to bring up some young football players and some uh, young flag football players. NFL is very much behind. Football at the youth level, as they should be. But the decision was made somewhere along the line that one of those kids is going to introduce the Seattle Seahawks pick. Which, again, I'm all on board. I love it. I love having the kids involved. Did you see what happened? Roll the tape. With the 20th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Jackson and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. All right, so the first wide receiver taken is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Freeze the screen. Can you freeze it? Okay. You see the letters there, WR? Do you see those? See them on the screen right there, WR? Yeah. Okay. It then says J-A-X-O-N. That would be this young man's first name, correct? Yep. Okay. Do you see any other letters between Jackson and Njigba? Do you see anything else there on the screen? I mean, I do. There's clearly a Smith and a hyphen there. Is that how he was announced? The biggest day of his life. The culminating moment of his life. Being a first-round draft pick in the National Football League. And they can't even get his name right? I mean, it's in that cat from uh, Northwestern. Right? That has 18... You know, letters in the first name and 21 letters in the second name. How <laughs> to bore, Right. Okay. This is Jackson Smith in Jigba. Has nothing to do with him being an Ohio State guy. I would say the same thing about any young man in this moment. 
can we please, please, National Football League, for the sake of these young men and their families, can we please just get the name right? Is that too much to ask? Am I being too hard? Paulie, am I being too hard? I mean, you are, uh, you know, the liberal elite out oh there God. with, you know, I mean, <laughs> oh the soft God. heart and, you know, everything else. And, I mean, am I being too hard? Each of you just give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Too hard, yes. Or she no, didn't do it okay, on, no. She didn't do it on purpose, I didn't Tom. say she did it on purpose. I didn't say that. He just wants the league to do better. She just skipped the most generic name in the English language. It was a given that it was going to be in there. She just skipped over it. That's all she did. She thought it was his middle name. That's what I'm going with. Why would you announce the middle name? I don't know. Okay. I caught it in the moment, but I didn't really think anything of it. AJ, you're not right on this one. You keep going back to stuff about uh, Ohio State. It has nothing to do with it. You're wrong about that. You're totally wrong. Totally wrong. If they got up there and they introduced him Michael Meyer... I would say the same thing about yeah. Michael Meyer, okay? So I'm just saying, just I'm not beating up a kid, Mouse Cop. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. That wasn't the intent. Okay. Uh, sue her, says Richards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, we got some demented people on here. All right. Um, anything else before we get to the second round that stood out for you guys? Hmm. Well, Dewan Jones made it out, so I guess I'm I'm not totally off the cliff yet. Okay, here we go. Second round. These are three players each of us thinks is going to be around when the Bengals pick in the second round. Okay. Um, and um, then the pick that we would make, not who we think they're going to make, because we don't know if these guys are going to be around or not. Okay? Okay. Here we go. Let's start with you, Casey. All right. So, pick 60, there's a ton of options that are going to be there for the Bengals that I like. Um, it was really tough for me to pick my top three that I think would be there. Darnell Washington and DJ Turner – may not make it to 60 but one of those guys might fall and if one of those do i really like their chances of being a Bengal. keanu benton uh he, he's your three tech um he's a guy that can come in and help back up uh bj hill and give you more stability there that is a dark horse pick for me it's more of a pick that maybe they don't believe in our rotation that's there now um but yeah dj turner super fast super shifty um and I, what i mean by that is fluid hips so he, he he doesn't get burnt often because he can just catch up to guys and he, he's really good in michigan he can come up and make plays on the run game they love guys that are like that he's only 22 that's another plus for them darnell washington as well he, he's I'm just afraid of the tight ends all being snatched up before the Bengals can pick there at 60. So that's why I got Darnell Washington there. I think he has a chance of falling just because there's not a lot of production there in the, in the past game. But, man, I think they're going to really love the 
physical athlete that he is there, I think they would take their chances there with Darnell Washington at 60. So you think that you would pick Washington? So out of those three? Yes, if, that's if all the name three, of this game. Out of the three that are there, I would probably pick – I'd probably pick DJ Turner. Okay. And then Darnell Washington, then Keanu Benton. But – like I said, there is a ton of guys in the second round that I really, really like. It was really hard for me to even come up with the first yeah. three. So there are a lot of good players, man. Yeah. I mean, it's only you know, the only you know, thirty-two whatever players have been have been picked. So there are a lot of good players out there. All right, Reed. All right, so you'll see a theme on who I think will get taken at sixtieth overall. All tight ends. So I put three tight ends up there. Wow. Um, Sam Laporta. I, I really do think that the Bengals are going to go after a tight end here in the second round. Uh, Sam Laporta, Darnell Washington, and uh, Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave went to OSU, the real OSU, Tom, Oregon State. But uh, if I had to pick yeah. any of these, I, I – They're third in line after Oklahoma State. <laughs> Go ahead. I think that all three will get sna- – a couple will get snatched up early in the second round. Michael Mayer still being available – Gives you a little more breathing room. He'll get taken very early in the second round. So one of these four, if you include Michael Mayer, I don't think he's going to be around, but one of the four tight ends that are projected in the second round will be there at 60, and I think it's going to be Luke Musgrave. I think Luke Musgrave is going to be who the Bengals get. Um, Oregon State guy, a little more size. Um, not as big as Darnell Washington, but bigger than Sam Laporta. I like Luke Musgrave there. It's pick 60. All right. Solid. Paulie? All right. Let's get in the lab. <laughs> Here we go. I also like Laporta, and I think they will go with a tight end, but I tried to pick one from each position. Uh, Julius Brent's cornerback out of Kansas State. Maybe they go with a cornerback there. Solid player. And then I don't – I'm not even going to try to pronounce our guy from USC. Uh, but I also did this uh, before they picked uh, the uh, – before they picked Chewy last Go ahead. So maybe they don't go with him. I, instead, I would, I would slot in probably one more cornerback. Um and I think they go with either a tight end or a cornerback here. So maybe Laporta or Brents, one of the two. Okay. Um, okay, my three guys are, and I'm trying to remember who I, I, I put in there. I had Laporta, the tight end. I had Bergeron, the offensive tackle from Syracuse, and Dewan Jones, the right tackle at Ohio State University. And I've changed my pick. I'm taking Laporta. I love Dewan Jones. I think he could be a guy who could play there for the next eight, ten years. So, I I mean, I'm waffling a little bit here. One or the other. Um, You know, but if I had to pick – no, if I had to pick one, I would pick Jones. Because I think for the long haul, he's a guy you just plug in over there, let him play the next eight, ten years, and go get him. All right, third round. Wait, Dewan Jones? Yeah. Where did he go to school? The. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Is it second or third OSU? It is third. Third. Notice how many Pac-12 players were picked in the first round last night. Not very many. There was a time in the first 15 picks in the draft, every pick except for two were from the Big Ten or the SEC. Every one except two. And the other two were in the Big 12. Need I say any more? Go ahead. All right, Case, round three. Now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Yeah, round three. Um, this 
And again, I really like I like the second and third rounds a lot in the draft. I think that's where you really start building out your team and the way you want it to look in the future. I got Roshan Johnson, the backup to Bijan Robinson from Texas. Wow. The dude is he didn't get a lot of playing time, but I mean you're right behind probably one of the best running backs that have ever, you know, been scouted in, in the NFL. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna lose time to him. But the time that he was in there, he was effective. And he was really good at pass blocking. And he's really big. He's a lot like Samaj P. Ryan. And I think that they might actually take a chance on him here at 92. It might be a little high. It might be a little high. But I think 92, you know, you're, you're, you might start losing some running backs here. Luke Schumacher. I can't even. Schoonmaker? Schoonmaker. Luke Schoonmaker from uh, Michigan. I think he could also be there at 92. Might be a little bit of a stretch. Might be a little bit of a stretch. But, you know, if you don't get a tight end at, at 60, you're looking at really bare bones here towards the back end of the first 100. So then after that, Blake Freeland, uh, he got a lot of draft hype during the combine process, tested really, really well. The guy played really, really well in BYU, but that's just it. He played at BYU, and he is a little bit smaller. So that's why he's falling here to 100 or, you know, the 90 range here. And uh, you get your your backup swing tackle solidified there with Blake Freeland. Those are my top three. Who I would pick? I'm going with Roshan Johnson. Okay. I, I think that there's a need there that they can fill in, and you don't know. You could get a, a really big boom because he's got a play style that's very similar to Samaje, but he's younger and he's stronger, and every time he had the ball, he, he carried it for six yards. So I like that guy a lot. Okay. I like my chances with him. Reed, third round. So third round, pick 92. Um, you know, Obviously, they took the edge rusher in the first round. I think they're going to take a tight end there in the second round. So in the third round, you have a couple of places to go. Um, you go get Corey Trice from Perdon, the cornerback. Uh, Perdon. Yep. Your, your son's going to IU, so he'll, he'll know about Perdon. That's right. Still, right. I think Dewan Jones might fall all the way down to 92, Case. Oh, boy. That would be crazy if you could get him at 92. I think that he might fall all the way down to 92, and if he's there, he adds a lot of depth to the offensive line. Um, so if he's there, I would like that. Um, Tajay Spears from Tulane, um, the running back. You do need to get a running back at some point in this draft. Um, we avoided the catastrophe that was picking a running back in the first round. So from this point forward, if they take a running back at any round, I'm okay with it, just as long as it wasn't in the first round. Out of those three guys, if I had to if I had to take one, Dewan Jones, if he's available, I'm taking Dewan Jones. Who I think they're going to get is Corey Trice. He's a little bit more size um, at – at cornerback, I think he is the biggest cornerback in the draft. Six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds. Yep. So a little bit more size there. I like Corey Trice at ninety two. Okay, Paulie, back to the lab we go. Back to the lab. Fire it up. Carl Breaking bets. So so Carl Brooks, Casey, you were you were telling me yesterday was a more of an interior guy than an yeah, exterior he's guy. A three, he's a three tech. He he plays at like three ten, three fifteen. Okay. So so the edge. Even though he's labeled edge and he played edge, he's not going to play edge in the NFL. So this is – I the the top of the graphic says picks at 60. This is 92. I just didn't change it yet. Uh, 
Garrett Williams, cornerback, is who I think they will take if he's there. That's going to be my pick. And then you know what? I threw Tank Bigsby on there because I just thought it would be great to have a running back named Tank. Yeah. If yeah. Legitimately, that was I saw him available there on my PFF mock draft, and I said, "Man, that'd be great." The last Tank. name goes with it too. Tank Bigsby. Tank That's Bigsby. Right. Can you imagine going down to Paycor Stadium on a Sunday and going, "We're gonna get our guy Tank." Bigsby. No doubt. He's going to carry the That's ball. That's big time. Nick. That's big time. That's big it? time. That guy was meant to play football. That's right. Yep. Tank Tank Bigsby sounds like a 1990s like kids sports movie villain. Like the big power yes. hitter. Yes. Tank Bigsby. Love that guy. He would definitely be your replacement for Mixon too. He, he's a every down back. So. Love it. His real name is Cartavius. Mm, tank. I'll stick Cartavius to tank. tank Bigsby from Hogansville, Georgia. All right. Let's go get him. All right. So, who, is that who you picked? Tank? No, I'm picking the quarterback. But Tank, if he's available, might not be with that name. All right. Okay. He was the SEC Freshman of the Year a couple of years ago. All right. Uh, my three on there have a couple of running backs. Uh, I have the Spears kid out of Tulane. It was the American Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Kendra Miller, who had a great season. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt at the end of the year, did not play in the college football playoff. He's out of TCU. And then the tight end out of Penn State, Brenton Strange. Lock, stock, and barrel for me. If Spears is there, that's the guy for me. Yeah. I want the speed. I want the home run hitter. I can't have these backs that, you know, they, you know, there's nothing wrong with seven and eight yard runs. You got to have those guys. But you got to have a guy every now and again and bang. Whether it's catching one in the backfield, you know, gets to the second level, as they say, and, and can beat linebackers and DBs down a sideline for touchdowns. The Bengals don't have that in their offense. They need it. That or the guys that they do have need to start doing that. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Man of Michigan. Oh my Captain God. America. How many years has this guy been here now? Just – just the one. He was a – or no, two. Two, two years. He's been there. For two two years. years, right? Yeah. All right. He was given a chance in the Super Bowl. He just – We gave him a chance at punt end. return and kick return. That didn't go well. That did not no. go well at all. No, it did not go well. No. No, we've been, definitely we've been, not. We've been searching for a returner ever since we lost Pac-Man. Yeah, you're right. Haven't had a good returner since then. Evans grew up a big-time Ohio State fan, mm. I'm reading. Well, that's what's wrong. But he went to a tryout camp that Michigan had in Indianapolis. And that's where Jim Harbaugh found him at a tryout camp. Tried to court his parents, and he finally said, okay. Okay. Good enough. But since he's joined the um, – I'm having a hard time understanding here because I've really never paid a lot of attention to Chris Evans in college. Chris Evans never ran for 700 yards in a season in college. Right. Not one time. Yeah, so the, the, the knock on him was he was suspended, I believe. Yeah, he had academic issues throughout his entire career there. Yeah, so he was, he was meant to be their starting running back at one point, and he just couldn't see the field because he – was struggling academically and um 
yeah, that's kind of the reason why he never he never touched the field like you. He was suspended out. the entire 2019 season. Yeah. He came back in 2020 and got hurt. Only played in six games. That's when the Bengals were able to get him in the sixth round. And you're thinking this guy's ready to take over as a primary back? No, no. I'm I'm saying he can be the change of pace back. I'm keeping Mixon. Okay. Tank. All right. Tank. 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 Tank Bigsby. Come we got to get a Tank Bigsby jersey like on order immediately if they draft. Oh, Tank if they Bigsby. no, honest to God, if the Bengals draft Tank Bigsby, I'm getting a custom Bigsby jersey just because I. Picked no, you got to get Tank on the back. You oh, can't put tank, Bigsby yeah, on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got to put tank, tank on the back. Tank. Gotta have tank. Tank. It's gotta say tank. No doubt. No doubt. I will get a tank. I have. I the only. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Only jersey you've ever had. Brett Favre. I have every Brett Favre jersey. Favre. I have a, wait, every Brett Favre jersey. I have that's a, plural, like a Jets and a I Vikings. I have a Jets a, jersey, a Vikings jersey, a Packers wow. jersey. Wow. Favorite, quarter, favorite quarterback of all time. Did not get a Falcons jersey, though. That's the outlier. I love the guy. Tom, love have, Brett Favre. did you ever have jerseys growing up? No. Never? No. I mean, obviously, we got the jerseys that's hanging the on the one. wall. Those are the only two I own right there. Both of them were given to me. Never have, never been a jersey? No. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's not you know saying that it makes me better or worse or anything else. Some guys are into them, and I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's cool. How about you? You have any jerseys? Well, I've jerseys. I was just, I was, I was hoping you're like, ah, I had a George Brett jersey or something like that, just back in the '80s. But yeah, I've, I've got a bunch of jerseys. I like jerseys. Which one get, has gotten the most wear? Uh, my Anthony Rizzo jersey, without a doubt. I've worn, <laughs> that, I've worn that a bunch. Do you have one from both the Cubbies and the Yanks? I do not have one from the Yanks. No, I just got Cubbies, and it's a. I got two though. One's for the 2014 hundred year anniversary of the Wrigley. Of Wrigley Field patch, and then a 2016 with the gold trim because you know they were world champions back in 2016. If you don't recall, Tom. I do remember. Yes, I do remember. I bet Casey, you're a Jersey guy, right? Yeah, I'm a Jersey guy. And which one has gotten the most wear and tear? Um, probably one that I don't own anymore, and that would be a Andy Dalton jersey. Yes. That 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 was. Uh, Ooh. That one actually saw some some hate. <laughs> Got some, got some tears and some. Uh, from ang- you or from uh, yeah, Alexandra? From, from, I mean, from, uh, an- from angrily taking it off and you know, <laughs> some some stretches, some some tears here and there. So I don't. I, I think that you, you didn't like burn gone. it or or like no, cut no. it up or anything like that, right? No. Nothing. We have to start notifying the FBI, profile people about none of that kind of stuff. No, it was it was just you know when you when you get mad that Andy Dalton's cost you a game, you just you know you're trying to take the jersey off. You're uh, in a bunch of layers and you're out there on the in the stadium and you're like ah, might cause a few tears okay. here and there. But and Paul, you uh, you your Farbs, your is that did the far? I want to know which one you have more than far. No, I legit. That's it. Brett Favre is the only. Yeah, I mean, I've had to do a lot of discernment and coping since the the Brett Favre news has emerged here in the last few years. But uh, you know, I mean, he, come on. When he played for the Packers, he was yeah. No, he, he was he was my favorite quarterback growing yeah. up. And then I wasn't a Packers fan. I just followed Favre. Went to the went to the Vikings. I think that was the last time I cried about a sporting event was when the Vikings lost. Yeah, that to, was a hard one. When the swallow. Vikings lost to the yep. Saints and he threw that interception and yep. then they kicked the field goal in overtime. Yep. I think that's the last time I cried about a sporting event. I remember I was doing – we got Tommy G coming up here in a minute. I think I've told this story on the show before that um, I was in to do a Packer game 
Um, and Favre had just been named the starter a few weeks before, and he was not playing well to start his career. And Mike Holmgren looked us in the eye when we had our meeting with him, and he said, if Favre doesn't play well this week, he said, you guys can't use this on the air. He said, if Favre doesn't play well this week, he's not starting next week. I'm tired of watching the picks. I'm tired of watching bad decisions. He's just, you know, he's not doing it right now, and we got to be better. Well, that game he went off in the rest of history on his way to the Hall of Fame. All right, is Tommy G ready? He will be ready in just a second. All right. Now, Casey, I'm going to ask you to help me with some of this, this interview. We only have Tommy G for about 10 minutes. So, you know, I got a couple things I want to ask him, but you follow this religiously. And so I want to know if there's something you want to ask him before we let him go today. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Radio voice of FC Cincinnati. I told the story. I was downtown last weekend. Had to go to a charity event. Tommy, thanks for joining us. Are you uh, traveling? Tom, great uh, to be here. Are you traveling up to New England today? I'm. I'm on the move later today. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 get sorted for that game later today. So um, I'm I'm doing some family stuff this morning. Uh, Going to watch the ponies for a little bit, and then uh, I'll have the call tomorrow night with the top two teams in Major League Soccer. But can I tell you a can I can I tell you a non soccer related story quick? Of course, this of is, course. This is it. This is an exclusive never shared before, but ties our two broadcast careers together. So you obviously did some Bearcat stuff a couple decades ago, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I was with the Bearcats for nine years and was their sideline reporter for football when Brian Kelly came on. And I went by Tommy Glitter on the air at the time. And my boss, Mike Waddell, calls me into his office and says, you're going to be the sideline reporter for football. Sounds great. Here's the deal. You lose the M and the Y on your name. And he had a list of great broadcasters who go by Tom, not Tommy, to prove the point. And your name was atop it. He asked if I wanted to add the H to go by THON. Oh, God. But he said, he said, the only way you get to be the sideline reporter for the Cincinnati Bearcats is if you agree to go by Tom Glitter on the air. You can't be Tom anymore. Tommy is immature, all this. I said, whatever. I had the opportunity to be a sideline reporter for a college football team. So you could have called me Tony and I would have still done the games. But uh, so that, that kind of ties us together a little bit. And then, of course, Dan and, and Jim called me Tommy yeah. all the time. So that, that wasn't tied to my arrangement, but that ties us together. Everybody calls me Tommy. Everybody in my right. life, my friends, people in the broadcast world, uh, whoever, they all call me Tommy. I think it's a term of effect. Well, when did you all of a sudden bring Tom me back? Because that's what you go no, by because now. Because nobody knows how to say my last name. So it's Tommy G to everybody. Like, everybody just calls me Tommy G. So, I, I mean, slowly I let Dan and Jim, like if I introduced myself, I would call myself Tom. And I do still on the air introduce myself as Tom. But everybody calls me Tommy, so that's Tommy G works. It's okay. Great. All right. Well, Tommy, I want to ask you here now. Okay. Now, I mean, I I played soccer growing up as a kid, one of the great high school programs in greater Cincinnati when I was growing up. We got to a state championship game out at Anderson High School. I loved playing the sport. Professionally, um, I've, I've had a, a slow time warming up to it a little bit, but but I'm moving in the right direction here. I got to tell you, okay. when I was down in, in, in the over the Rhine area last Saturday night, I mean, it hit me right between the eyes. And I've not been to TQL Stadium yet, so shame yep. on me. But I got to tell you, Do I you mean, this following is unbelievable. 
Yeah, it is. It, it, it's it's remarkable. And and first of all, just say the word, and I'll get you into TQL Stadium. Well, thank so you. we can we can we can get that set up for you. But uh, yeah, the atmosphere it, it's amazing. And and what's really cool is that TQL Stadium is finally becoming this fortress that was the plan all along. And uh, one of my favorite stories to tell: Dominic Kinnear is an assistant coach on Pat Noonan's staff. And I don't know that there's an assistant coach in Major League Soccer that has more experience than Dom. He's been everywhere. He's done everything across the league. He's won. MLS Cup as a head coach. And the first time I ever met him was at TQL Stadium. We were doing some media day stuff. I let him in. He asked me to take him out to the field and I took him out there and he just was like, wow. He goes, I've seen it on TV and it's so much more impressive in person. And he said, if we can get this thing going, this is before he had been on the staff, you know, his first week on staff at FC Cincinnati. He goes, if we can get this thing going, then FC Cincinnati will be stoppable and unstoppable in Major League Soccer because you have the ownership you have the ownership group and the funding. You have the training facility for, for practice out there that's beautiful and, and world-class. You have now a world-class stadium, and you have the support. So if we can get the product on the field going, then this is going to be one of the best clubs in Major League Soccer. And in, in short time, in less than a year and a half, they've done that. And, and the record proves it. What they did last year proves it. And when we played Seattle, what now it's about a month ago, mm-hmm. uh, the atmosphere was off the charts. And it was a cold night. The weather wasn't great, but it was one of the best teams in the Western Conference and felt like a really big playoff match. And the Philadelphia game felt that way. And honestly, that's how it should feel every night. And it's really exciting. Everybody, Tommy, loves a great turnaround story, okay? I don't care what yeah. sport it is. I don't care if it's a sport of life. Everybody likes a nice turnaround story. Explain in the most simplistic terms for maybe some of our, 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 our viewers uh, and, and the thousands of thousands tuned in right now. Um, explain right. to them how has FC Cincinnati in one calendar year completely flipped the script to now become – if not the best team, one of the top two yeah. teams in the MLS? Yeah, it, it's a great question. And it, it, first, it's a credit to Chris Albright for, for going and getting Pat Noonan and knowing that he could come in and change the culture for this club because th- there were problems in the dressing room. Uh, there was a team that, that was split probably in some ways and had had so much turnover at head coach and a general manager who had handcuffed them in many ways with moves that Albright had to come in and, and get the roster in a better place, and he has very much done that and really hit on every single guy that he has signed or traded for or acquired or bought. Um, they're all contributing in one way or another, and and that was following years of misses as far as building the roster. And with the way the MLS roster rules work, if you make a bunch of misses, you're going to be in a really bad way. Okay, so it's great he got talented, but Pat Noonan had to win the culture. And he had to change that locker room, and he has done it. And he has guys who who are buying in, and he's getting the best of guys who maybe hadn't had a ton of success. Brandon Vasquez is a perfect example, a young guy who got to Major League Soccer at a very young age. He was in Atlanta behind one of the greatest strikers the league has ever seen in Joseph Martinez and didn't get many opportunities. He came to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati kept adding guys ahead of him on the depth chart who weren't necessarily performing, but Brandon wasn't getting a chance. Well, Pat gave him a chance, and, and he was best 11. He rewarded him with best 11 performance last year and 18 goals. So, uh, you know, he's gotten the most out of some guys, and he he has really built a winning culture in that dressing room, and, and I can't applaud him enough for doing that.
Well, I mean, I, I talk about it regularly. I love listening to his post-game comments. I mean, he just lays it right, right out there real. on the line. You know, when they don't play well, he says they don't play well. They might win a game like they did last week. He's like, eh, it ain't good enough. You know, we got to be better here and we got to be better there. I mean, I, I love hearing the accountability part of this. Um, help yep. me with something else I've talked about here, Tommy. Um, okay. uh, I understand that playing overseas is the goal, right? It's like being a, a, yep. a, a Japanese player and wanting to play baseball in Major League Baseball in the United States. Um, but, but, but Casey is a big uh, a soccer follower, and, and he was explaining to me a couple of weeks ago how, you know, they might lose this guy, they might lose that guy, and all yep. that kind of thing. And it seemed like the, the, the enthusiasm level went from here to, oh, boy, we could be in trouble, and now it's kind of back up again. Is that something that's going right. to go on regularly through the year? Do their players become more and more in demand elsewhere? Yeah, for sure. And and look, it's uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword in some ways, and it's unique to soccer because the top leagues in the sport in the world are not in the United States. <laughs> it's in it's in Europe. Whether you're talking about England or Spain or Italy or France, that's where the top clubs are, and that's where the top money is. So, for example, this week the Brenner move became official as he'll move to the top level in Italy. Playing the top level in Italy is better than playing the top level in Major League Soccer, and there's more money to be made there. So, you know, a, a record-setting transfer and a transfer that's top 10 outgoing in Major League Soccer is a great thing. Um, look, if, if you're selling guys like that, that means you're doing well. The, the key is having a general manager like Chris Albright who's going to be able to turn around and use that incoming money that's been reported at $10, $11 million for the transfer be able to use those resources on top of what Carl Linder and the rest of the ownership group had given him to build the roster and use that use that money to make the team better. And Chris is already working on it. And, and then hopefully soon there's some news, uh, you know, about incoming players. And if Brandon Vasquez does really well, well, teams in Germany and, and England are going to be calling for him. And, and that's okay. Um, it, it's a little bit unfortunate in, in that you're not going to see a Brandon Vasquez score 18 goals a year for 10 years for FC Cincinnati. Um, that's just the reality, but it's a good thing because if you're successful, then you're going to see those outgoing moves. And if you're the worst team in the league like FC Cincinnati was for three years, then nobody's calling for your guys. Right. Um, you know, I, look, I worked at the University of Cincinnati for nine years, and people were calling for the head football coaches, right? I was there when Mark D'Antonio left. I was there when Brian Kelly left. I was there when Butch Jones left. Um, and people were calling for your guys. If nobody's calling for your guy, you've got a problem. And it's the same thing, um, you know, in, in the global football market. People are going to be calling for your guys, and the club, that means ownership, the, the technical staff, the general manager are going to have to make decisions as to when it's the right moment to sell somebody. In the meantime, Carl Linder really wants to win this year, so it's not going to be a fire sale on the roster this year, but uh, as the team continues to be successful, sure, they're going to fill a lot of calls. Well, Tommy, safe travels today. We thank you. We know you got family time you. here today. You got a busy schedule. Oh, Fantastic. You're doing, you're doing a great job, and, uh, and we'd love to have you come back on the program again. Yeah, anytime. Uh, happy to do it. Next time I'll try not to do it while I'm in transit, but uh, happy happy to join you, and uh, you guys keep killing it, doing a great job, and uh, good to chat with you. Thanks so much, Tommy. Appreciate it. Safe travels up to uh, New you. England for the big one tomorrow night, Casey. Big one tomorrow night. Absolutely. Big one. I mean, Two best teams. Yeah. Got to be ready to go. They'll be dialed in, ready to go. All right, Ham and Eggers, take it away. Before we get to Jay Morrison, we're going to talk more about the Bengals, what they did last night, what they got coming up today and tomorrow. Ham and Eggers!
Big weekend. It's that time of the show, the ham and eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Mm. Big door swing. You kind of get the impression of what the the bladder is doing, depending on how big the door swing is when it comes out, how fast we got to get out of the room when he's running, running out of here. All right, Casey, what do we got for us? It's the State of the Union. State of the Union. Um, how are we feeling? I, I, you know, Where I, did you watch the draft last night? I watched it at my house. Okay. I just watched it on the couch, enjoyed it. I mean, they didn't, they didn't make their pick until, I want to say, like 11.50, almost yeah. 12 o'clock. So, I mean, it, it was late. So, uh, yeah. I was really surprised. And maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but there was not a lot of negative responses to the pick last night. I thought we were going to see a lot more negativity with Miles Murphy, but in all honesty, I think everyone's handling this very well. I think everyone sees what I see, which is second and third rounds. There's going to be a lot of guys there that the Bengals can take that we're all going to be happy with. Um, You know, I mean, it might not be your favorite player and it might not be the position you want, but when I look at the second round, I really, as much as I saw in the first round, I don't see a spot where I'm like, man, if they pick that guy, they're making a mistake. There's like five corners in this draft. In the second round, I really like. There's probably, you know, four or five tight ends I really like in the second round. Like, there's a lot of guys with a lot, like, you know, in this draft class, there's a lot of depth to it sure. in those positions. Um, a lot of running backs in the later rounds that I like. Um, this team is going to be all right. This This draft is going to be pretty good for them. So, what I want to say is, I'm proud of the chat for not freaking out. We got the chat power rankings coming up today. We do. And there has been a massive shakeup. Reed gave us a little preview today before Off the Bench started. There's been a big shakeup in the chat power rankings. So you're going to want to stick around. We have box lunch coming up after Off the Bench today. So make sure you stay on. Watch the end of the show. See if you get ranked. Top five in the chat from this week. And again, it's just based on your performance from the whole week. Not overall. It's from the week. But we'll see how it goes. We have Jay Morrison coming up here in just a second. Um, he's actually in right now. We're going to get him in here in just a second and talk more about the draft and how everything went last night. Get Jay's opinion on it all. You know, I, I, you know look. There are gamers and then there are alleged gamers in this world. The world is full of gamers. You can break it down really into, into just two camps. I know your generation likes everything to be gray, okay? But there's black and there's white, all right? There are gamers in life and there are non-gamers in life. And it is almost 100% guaranteed across the board. There are few exceptions, a number of them, my friends, who if they go to Ohio University, there's a very good chance they are a gamer, okay? Jay Morrison falls into the gamer camp. He put his head on the pillow <laughs> about 3.30 a last night, this morning. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I, I had asked Jay, hey, look, would you mind coming on? It's going to be a late night. He says, it is going to be a late night. I said, look, if you can't do it, I totally understand. I get it. Not only is he here at 11.30, I get a text from him at 8-something. <laughs> Ready to go. 
Now that's a gamer, Jay Morrison. I mean, you got the coffee going. That's okay. Yeah. But here you are. How was last time? I mean, where were you? What were you doing? Uh, so we hang out in the uh, media room at Paycor Pay Stadium, and uh, everybody, all the media, TV, uh, print media, all that, uh, are in the room. We're watching the draft on the TVs, and then as soon as they make a pick upstairs, uh, Zach and the whoever the coordinator is for that side of the ball come down and hold a press conference. So we do that in person, then we go back into the media room, and whoever the pick is, they call him on the phone, and we interview him on a uh, on a conference call on a speakerphone. So uh, that'll be the plan tonight as well. That'll be the plan all day on Saturday, and um, it does. It makes for a long night. Yeah, by the time I wrote my story and uh, we recorded our podcast, it was after two o'clock when I was driving home. And uh, as you mentioned, going to Ohio University, it's not. Is by far not the first time in my life I've seen 3 a.m. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Court Street's better, though, than 71 or 75. All <laughs> yes, right. Absolutely. Um, is, um, is, what were you surprised by the pick? No, I actually, uh, we had a beat writer mock on Wednesday, and I actually mocked Miles Murphy as their pick. Um, I, I always thought he was a perfect pick for the Bengals. I just didn't think he would be there. And what I like about these, these uh, beat writer mocks we do it's it's every guy that's making a pick covers the, that team and is plugged in with that team and and knows their trends and their needs and what what they're thinking uh yes there's smoke screens but you you still I, those feel like the most realistic mocks and um i was surprised he he was available and dalton kincaid the tight end from utah was available and i i thought about it for a little bit and i just said there's I just really didn't think they were going to take a, a non-premium position uh, like tight end with a premium pick in the first round, especially in a draft where there's there's so many more tight ends. The the drop off from Michael Mayer and, and Dalton Kincaid to the rest of these tight ends is not near as steep as what that drop off is going to be now from all these edge rushers. Seven of them go in the first round. Um, teams that didn't get one that want one that didn't get one in the first round are going to have a a, a tough time picking or finding a really good one as you as you go second third round um did you find yourself at all i mean knowing everything you just said but you know i think for uh, guys like me who are sitting at home and who like you are cincinnati guys right greater cincinnati mm -hmm. guys and i'm sitting there and i'm watching uh espn just pound and pound and pound the video of michael mayer um yeah. did you think maybe that, that maybe some emotion would come into this thing, or is it just all about this is what we think is and who we think is the best guy and the, the position is right, meeting the talent? That's what they're doing. Did you think maybe for a split second they go mayor there? Uh, yeah, I mean, he was one of four guys. You could see it was going to be – it was going to be Murphy. It was going to be Joey Porter Jr., uh, the cornerback from Penn State, uh, Michael Mayer, and then Nolan Smith, who went the very next pick, or he, he went two picks later to the Eagles. Um, those were the four that really felt like they were the most in play. That The thing about Mayer is that the Bengals play more 11 personnel than any team in the league, which is one running back, one tight end. So I don't want to disparage his game. I just don't think he – is as polished of a blocker as they need the tight end to be. If you're only going to have one out there, you can't have you can't put Drew Sample out there on rundowns and then put Michael Mayer in when you're going to pass. You're tipping your hand. You're giving everything away. They need a tight end that can really go in, dig out safeties, be a, a force in the run game uh, blocking. And I just I don't know that 
may or may get there. I just don't know that he's there yet. He he was spread out so often at Notre Dame and an incredible weapon in the passing game. And yes, the Bengals would love to to get a tight end that can really kind of take advantage of the middle of the field with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all all those weapons opening up or taking out the 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 top or trying to take off the top. But you got all these teams playing too high safety. It's just going to create openings in the middle of the field. And I, I just think they're looking more for a guy that that can develop more in the passing game, that, that comes in ready to be a physical presence and a blocker, a guy with with traits that they can develop. They feel set with Irv Smith as their starter this year. They don't have a tight end under contract beyond this year. So I do think that that that, that position is definitely in place starting here in round two tonight. But um, I always I felt I, I mocked Murphy. And when it got to that point, if I was ranking those four that I said was a top four, Mayor probably would have been fourth out of four on my list. Yeah. Um, okay. Now we move to rounds two and three. Um, again, we've heard Duke Tobin talk regularly that, you know, if you believe a guy is a uh, third round talent, even though it's a position of need, I'm not going to take him in the second round because you draft him in the second round doesn't make him a second round player, right? So yeah. um, when you look at where they are positionally at this point, um, and knowing as much as you've done in preparing for this draft and doing mock drafts and so on and so forth, by the time they get to their pick tonight, um, what positions are going to be out there where you say to yourself, okay, this is, this is one where the player they probably have on their board meets the need here? I mean, do you think it, do you think it is a tight end? Will they consider trading up to get a tight end? Do you see anything like that happening? Or they sit where they are, and by the time we get there, they're probably looking at what? Um, I, I think it's a cornerback. Uh, I'm not ruling out tight end. I think that's right there with a, an option. But again, um, it's it's kind of a matter of what's there at the moment and what is anticipated to be there the next time they get up on the on the clock at 92. Um, there's just so many of those tight ends in that late second, third, fourth round. The corners are, are going to be drying up quick. And I, I just, they've never done this before. Uh, if, if they take a cornerback, it'll mark the second year in a row they've gone defense, defense with their first two picks. That has never happened in Bengals history. But it's just, it feels like it, it kind of follows that same path. They've got four quality starters on the D-line, but they draft a guy that can go into the rotation and and be a, a cheaper contract to take over when when some of these guys move on. Hubbard mm -hmm. and, and Trey Hendricks, and they're making so much money. You kind of need the same thing at cornerback. It's not probably – Lou's not going to work him in and work a rotation, but you need a cornerback that Cheeto's – Number one, coming off an ACL, they expect him to be ready, but this is the final year of his deal. Um, it's kind of like the Cam Taylor-Britt pick last year. It was it was a plan more for the future. They ended up needed him right away because of the Cheeto injury. Um, so I, I really do. I think there's going to be – they're going to – there's a number of cornerbacks, I'd say four or five, that I think they would target if available at 60. But you can't rule out running back either. I mean, Jack – Zach Chardon, Charbonnet from UCLA. Um, that that's another position where never felt like they would do it in the first round. Jameer Gibbs, I, I was really interesting. I thought that was going to be a really interesting decision if he was available. And the Lions shocked everybody taking him at twelve. But uh, if I'm ranking the top three tonight, it's it's going to be cornerback, tight end, and then running back. I who knows wide receiver? They they could they could 
send a shot across the bow and take a a, a, a wide receiver like Cedric Tillman from Tennessee that kind of looks and feels like a replacement for T. Higgins. If if they're not confident they're going to get that deal done, again, you get the guy the year before you really need him. Boy, that's that's a fascinating scenario there. We've talked about that regularly on this show because I, I I'm in the I think I'm in the the, the very uh, uh, you know minority in believing that <clears throat> you're just not going to have sustained greatness keeping Chase Burrow and Higgins all at the same time. I know we could debate that from now until the end of time. Um, I do you think that you know all we've talked about for the better part of a year, going back to when they brought in all the the free agents last year, Kappa, Karras. Um, uh, Lyle Collins, that whole group, they suffered through the injuries at the end of the year. Last week, Collins shows up and said, hey, uh, you know, in a, in a month or two from now, I'd put a brace on this thing and I feel like it come back and play. <laughs> um, now, whether or not you're buying that, you were there, I don't know. Do you think all of a sudden, though, that, 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 that the need for a tackle for this team is, is starting to dwindle by the day? Yeah, I do. I think they have so many options and they feel good about their options. And I, I think that you're going to see them take an offensive lineman, but it's going to be more in that fourth, fifth round, a guy that can maybe play tackle and guard because they almost have too many right now. And if, if you're, you're going to have to start cutting some of these guys and that's going to be maybe one of the biggest keys beyond can he actually play is does he have that versatility? Um, and, and I there's guys out there that, that fit that mold. That's kind of why they're in those those middle rounds because they don't they don't have that defined position. So I I don't know that it's a need per se. I, I I actually I mean I thought tackle could have been in play if if Darnell Wright had fallen and he was there at 28. I, I'm not sure that he wouldn't have been the pick, but I I don't see it here in round two. Um, I I do think they'll they'll address the O line later, um, probably tomorrow. Um, but who knows if if you you don't know what their board looks like, and if if a guy they really like does fall to them at sixty, um, or maybe they don't wait till sixty. They this this is what they did last year. They traded up to get Cam Taylor Britt. This team rarely trades up in the draft. Um, if there's a guy that they have that great conviction on, um, you, you could you could see that happening. But I just I don't I don't think tackle is in play at sixty. Maybe ninety two. Maybe the third round. But more than likely, I would say tomorrow. Okay, uh, the, the last thing, and I'll let you go. I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, sure. Jonah Williams, ultimately, if you had a crystal ball, you think he ends up being this year fill in the blank? Um, I think he goes into training camp as the starting right tackle. Uh, he's not going to sit out. He's not going to give up $12.6 million guaranteed if – uh, so much of this comes down to you mentioned it, Collins' recovery, and yeah, a lot of athletes say slap some, slap a brace on it, rub some dirt on it, I'm good to go. Uh, we don't know. I mean, you're, you're a big man, a lot of weight on that knee, and you're talking it was it was Christmas Eve when the injury happened, so still a long shot in my mind that he could be ready for Week One. So you, you get into training camp, Jonah reps there. They got Cody Ford that they like a lot, Jackson Carmen. They've got so many options there. And if one of them is outplaying Jonah Williams, if another team, if a contender has a tackle go down, all of a sudden they're willing to 
offer a little more in trade value for Jonah Williams and they feel good about LC. You could see them moving Jonah before the start of the season, but unless they unless they drafted a tackle last night or even in the second round tonight that they really, really like, I don't think you're going to see Jonah be traded until training camp or maybe even the trade deadline at week eight. The one thing I know for sure is Jonah Williams and Leal Collins are not going to be on this roster, not going to be on the opening 53-man roster. They're just – that's too much money at one position, and you're already paying – your left tackle, all that Orlando Brown Jr., mm-hmm. all that money. You got the the Burrow extension coming, maybe Higgins, who knows? But it's just, I don't, I don't see there's any way that they they have both of those. They go into the season with both Jonah and LC. Jay, we can't thank you enough for your time, my friend. I know you're gonna yeah, have another sure. late night tonight and uh, very busy tomorrow. So thank you so very very much, and hope you have a great weekend. All right, thanks, Tom. Good talking right. to you. Jay Morrison from The Athletic. You can read his stuff. It is fantastic. I mean, that's I say it all the time, and I'm not getting paid by him. In fact, I'm paying for my subscription. It's the best place to check everything out. Do you know that today, uh, Mr. McAllister, that looking ahead to the Bengals here, uh, i got to find the doggone article. I think I um, closed it out. I've got the website open. But I closed it out on what the Bengals might be looking to do, their picks anyway, uh, for the second and third rounds here. I believe he, they had them taking the kid from UCLA at running back in Sharp the second that. round, right? Yeah, I remember you telling me that. So this was the mock NFL draft today. Had the Bengals at 60 uh, taking the running back out of UCLA. And then in the third round, had your Cincinnati Bengals taking Nick Saldaveri, offensive tackle slash guard from the Old Dominion Monarchs in Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk, Virginia guy. Well, I, I'm not a fan of that mock draft, um, mainly because I just... What mock what, draft do you like? One where we don't take a running back with the second overall pick <laughs> or the second round pick. That that will start there. And Sotaveri, um, he's a late riser. I didn't have time to watch him, but from what I've heard, he has what Jay Morrison was talking about, where he's got that versatility to play tackle and guard. Um, he's in that range with the Blake Freeland type players that third round bottom of the second so maybe maybe um we we see that but i just i can't justify getting a running back in the second round either not when you have corners on the board still more than likely you're gonna have corners on the board still other positions of need that you know make more sense for this team they've got three running backs on the roster i'm just gonna put it like that they got three already that is a afterthought in my mind. They're going to have to figure it out at the later rounds. And what I hope happens is they pick a guy that is best player available, and that is not going to be a running back at that high, if you ask me. All right, I want to shift gears away for a second and, and, and bring up two topics here. One of them is it's been brought up in the chat that it's a shame that here we are not talking about the Reds and that we're talking about football. 
Does that make any sense to either one of you right now? Well, the Reds didn't play yesterday either, but we, we talked about them when they were winning. We talked about them, what, two days you ago? You put the Viking helmet on. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they've been winning. There's just not a lot to talk about. We, we did our preview yesterday. Which, um, by the way, that young man got a hit off Otani last night. Ryan Noda. Yes, he did. How about that? How about he went that? one for three. He ought to be begging to come on this show every single day. <laughs> the Brenneman bump. Well, that can come in a number of different ways. Um, good and bad. The last thing I want to talk about is, and, and again, um, if you've joined us from the very beginning of the show going back to August of last year, I have said the single biggest sports story was going to be in this year and in this decade. It is going to be the collapse of Valley sports and what that means to franchises in baseball, the NBA, the NHL. A preemptive first strike was launched yesterday. Did you guys see the story in Phoenix, Arizona? Yes. The Phoenix Suns of the NBA, the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA, announced yesterday, late last night, that they have signed a new agreement which will put their games on television on free television, an over-the-air local station. So it would be like here in town, the Reds announcing they're going on Channel 5, 9, 12, 19, whatever. Right. 2.8 million households in Arizona will see these games for free. They're also going to stream the games online, a brand-new service that they've helped create called Kissway is how I think you pronounce it. Diamond Sports is filing a lawsuit against the Phoenix Suns on this, saying they breached a contract. I don't think so. If you're not getting paid, how are you uh, upholding your end of the contract? Well, the thing I don't know, and I was skimming through this article as I saw it, is that um, you know most of the basketball teams got paid because they didn't file for bankruptcy, Diamond Sports, right? Um, until uh, it, it came time to start paying Major League Baseball teams. And even some of them uh, got paid their rights fees. Um, trying to see here. Uh, yeah, it says NBA and NHL teams had not been affected to date by the bankruptcy because their seasons were near an end at the time of the filing. And Diamond agreed to pay in full all those teams for this just, this just completed regular season. There has been no such commitment made by Valley Sports for the year 23-24. Do you think we end up seeing that with the Cincinnati Reds? We should. I would not be shocked, Tom. I would not be shocked. I don't know the alternative, but I would not be shocked. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they should is more the, the question, like, whether they should do it or not. Because I think they would definitely help the product, at least getting eyeballs on it. And they're doing the, the fans a favor a little bit to actually showing it for free. You know, I mean, I, that might sound bad. How long but... has it been Valley Sports Ohio? Uh, 
only for uh, two years. Two years. Yeah. 20, I believe it was 21, 22. This would be the third year, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I really do wonder. I mean, because if I'm the Reds, you can take it to the bank. I mean, look, and I have no inside knowledge, but I was born at night. I wasn't born last night. You can mark it down that the Reds have had multiple conversations with every over-the-air television potential partner in this town ever since this whole Bally thing came down the pike. And then it became official they didn't get their money two weeks ago when that story broke after they didn't pay the Guardians, the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, and another team that are all involved in a lawsuit against Bally Sports, Diamond Sports, um, in conjunction with Major League Baseball. So all of these games are going to end up probably being split up. Because, you know, with NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox affiliates, part of being an affiliate is your obligation and commitment to airing their primetime shows. It's a reason why in the old days, when Channel 5 was the TV rights holder of the Reds. I was doing the games back then, but they had them before I got there, but I, I was doing them then. Um, is that um, NBC, we were doing like 50-55 games. That was the, the most clearance we could get from NBC if you were going to be an NBC affiliate. So, it, it, you know, all four of the big boys, if you will, here in town would face that kind of roadblock. Now, you start dipping into Channel 64. Are they? Is there such thing still as a WB network? Are they still involved in all CW? that? CW? Oh, CW. Yeah. Okay. CW so, I mean, exists. maybe there's some obligations and commitments there. I don't know. Um, but there is no doubt that the Reds are going to end up somewhere or somewheres. Uh, and people, uh, if they show up somewhere and expect people to pay for those games and watch them at this point in time, every market's different. People don't have the appetite to pay for that stuff right now, unless it's Casey paying for Apple TV to watch soccer. Correct. But I'll pay for a winning product. So So you're saying if FC Cincinnati stunk, you wouldn't buy it? Well, my fiance would probably want to buy it, but I wouldn't. Well, she was I a soccer not, player. Yeah. I mean, she's a diehard fan, more than I ever could be, but I wouldn't be watching it. I'll, I'll put it like that. I would not, I would not sit through the, the crap that soccer can be. I think when you're bad at soccer, it's really bad. Like, it's miserable. So. Okay. All right. Uh, we got a cherry on, or anything else on your on your mind, fellas? Do we have box lunch today? We do have box lunch today. Chat power rankings coming up later today. Ooh. Big shakeup in the chat power rankings. Really? Yeah. Shakeup in the the top five. Big shakeup in the top five. Lots major, of major movement. developments, Tom. You know, I, I think a lot of our uh, a lot of our uh, you know viewers and and friends that, that that take the time to jump in the chat, I think they they this is important to them to be moving up in the rankings, and heartbreaking to start dropping in the rankings. You agree or disagree with that? It means something to them to be in the top five. Well, sometimes you just got to be better, and sometimes life. It just throws curveballs at you. 
Gotta be ready for him. Dialed in. Alex Wallace claims that the power rankings are read or uh, rigged. Rigged? How would they be rigged? That's a good question. That yeah. What does that mean? Well, the only no. Now that's not a fair question. I mean, there there are possibilities that are endless in any question like that. I mean, you might have a relationship with just pick somebody. I mean, Casey goes to ball games with Sir Boy Wonder, so let's use that as an example. Um, you know, he might say, he being our good friend, Sir Boy Wonder 513, he might say, hey, Casey, next time we go down to a ball game, I got you covered, big fella. First four or five, you know, cold beers, they're on me. But keep me in mind, my man, when the old chat rankings come out. Well, I can, I can just reassure you, whether you all believe me or not, he has not done that. Well, I, not, he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. He, he's a man of honor. Well, and the other thing, too, is I see somebody in here asking uh, or, or pointing out that uh, Everett and Mousecop better be in the rankings. We haven't seen Everett today. Everett has not been in the Everett has he, not. He was in the chat earlier, wasn't he? There are some people that think that that is your burner. Everett Henry? No, not that, my burner. That's we can prove that one. He, he came to he came to our live show. Yeah. Yes, he did. But I'm just saying it was thrown out there earlier today, right. and, and some want to know if Casey has gone out of his way to silence Everett. Oh, I am not silenced, Everett. I need Jordan back. Jordan Earhart. Yes. Mm. Because you know the other day I got on him a little bit, but by the end, you know, we were all singing "Kumbaya" together. He was still in the chat, but I've not seen him back since. Maybe he's got something going on. But yeah, they, they... What, what is this nonsense? The Cubs have won seventeen pennants, and the Reds have won only nine. I'm just your grandfather wasn't even alive for sixteen of those pennants. Not true. I mean, for yeah, I mean, he was alive. Your yeah. great great grandfather for sixteen of them. Did they win 16 pennants before 1945 and then have only won one since? Yeah, but still counts. They still count, Tom. They do count. Golly. But, but for the record, you're talking about if Casey can be bribed to be in the chat rankings by Sir Boy. I don't know if Casey can be. I absolutely can. <laughs> if you want to take me to a Reds ball game, buy me a couple beers, that'll get you in the chat power rankings like that. Every week. Right. I, just bribery. I'm open to them. Just saying. You want to be in the chat power rankings? Got to dish out a little cash. Well, I didn't say I wouldn't be bribed. I'm just saying that Sir Boy did not try to bribe me. Okay. Okay. Honorable. Paul, could you be bribed? Oh, man, I could be bribed. <laughs> I have not accepted bribes, though. Key said, someone say beer? <laughs> All right. Well, that's coming up uh, at the end of your show today, correct? Correct. All right. Taylor. I didn't get a chance because you snuck out of here um, when I ran off to the uh, men's room and we took a break. I didn't get a chance to thank you for helping us out here the last Absolutely. couple of days and being a part of our, of our whole draft thing. It was a blast. Absolutely. All right, what are we, let's think out loud here now for a minute, okay? Um, you know, I, I will get to work on different people over the weekend, uh, uh, depending on who the Bengals take in a second round, third round, kind of like we had with Don Munson today, right? to try to get some more information on whatever player players the Bengals take. Um, but how do we want to handle this as a group on Monday? I mean, there's going to be hundreds of names that will be selected, right? Okay. Are we going to go through every Bengals pick? 
and, and, and Casey and, and all of us talk about these things? How do we want to do this? Um, well, I think I will definitely talk about every Bengals pick. I'm not sure if uh, – what what you guys feel like? Well, I'll be in the lab all weekend. So right? Are you kidding whatever, me? Whatever I mean, whatever you want to do, Casey, I'm right there with you, locked up. Me and Paul are the draft experts at Chatterbox Sports, so yeah, of course. Well, we'll we'll talk about all the Bengals picks, and we'll definitely have to talk about Will Levis. We won't be able to talk about that until Monday. Um, we'll talk about some of the other prospects that dropped and some of the ones that maybe uh, weren't drafted that we thought maybe should be drafted. And um, maybe we'll have to uh, – Here we go. Does Stetson Bennett get picked? Yeah, does Stetson Bennett get drafted? What do you think, Tom? Does Stetson Bennett get picked over the weekend? Yes, he will get picked. It'll be in the last round. He might be Mr. Irrelevant. But somebody is going to take him on a flyer. And why not? Why not? All the guy does is make plays and win games on the biggest stages, right? He might be smaller than everybody else. He might be X, Y, and Z. But for the last two years, every time he stepped on the field against guys that were number one draft picks at every position on the field, you know, taking on whoever it is they take on, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, whoever it is, all he did was carve them up. Bengals, back up. I told you the guy I like. I like the guy at UCLA. Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Yeah. He gives you a total change of pace look. Can run it. Dynamic. If you want to do something a little different, that's what I would do. Not a lot of faith in Brandon Allen. No, none. N-U-N, none. Come on, he's a hog. N-U-N, none. I've said that for a year. I mean, clearly they're looking at position if he's not re-signed yet. All right, before we get out of here today, I got to get two personal items out of the way, and then I'll let you guys uh, get to your show if you don't mind. I have a question to ask you, too. Go ahead. Have you ever finished Breaking Bad? I am down to the final five episodes. Perfect. Love it. Stay on you until you finish those. It's good. It's going to be a little while, and we're in the the meat now of lacrosse season. We played three games last week. We played a night. Play three games next week. You know, we got senior night. We got a lot of big senior stuff coming up, graduation stuff. It's, it's tough to sneak it in. But I will get it done, and I love it. I absolutely love it. So thank you for the recommendation. Good. All right, number one, want to say happy 60th birthday to my dear friend grew up across the street from me. We had more good times than any two kids should ever have in their lives. Dave Karate, 60th birthday. Big party tomorrow night, boys. Big Close party. the streets getting in and out of Anderson Township. <laughs> and make sure the cops have somewhere else to go. You need me and Casey to create a diversion? Because it will be on tomorrow night in Anderson Township. Tom, no one hypes up a party quite like you. I'm telling you, if you knew this crowd, and this is going to be a big league party. Probably 7,500 people there. Mm. My sister is driving all the way in from Chicago to go to this party. Are you a life of the party guy, or do you just hang no, out? No, I like I like I just I like I like visiting with the boys. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, love visiting with the boys. Just getting back, telling stories of the old days. Mm-hmm. You know, reminiscing. Kickback. And a big part of that uh, growing up, because my folks had split up, was my mom. Today would have been her 80th birthday. She passed away back in 2005. 
And uh, mom, I miss you every single day. I love you. I know you're in a better place. And um, one day, good Lord willing, we'll be together again. Fox Lunch, here we go. Let's go, man. Right now. Let's go.